ready to talk sports with Daryl and Sam. Welcome to Sports Info UM, featuring Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. These guys know the sport like nobody else. From former players to coaches to the great figures of the NFL, you'll get the inside scoop on what's going down today in football and other sports. Now, here's Daryl and Sam. Good evening and welcome to Sports Info UM. I'm Daryl Oliver and this is Sam Sword to my right and our great engineer, Roland Villa. Hey, good evening. A great What's going on, guys? Football. Yes. Hey, Sam, let's get right into this NFL, man. There was a lot of games going on over the weekend. And I'm going to tell you right now, Michael Vick, keep taking the licks that he's taking. He won't keep ticking. There's no way he's going to keep taking these lickings and keep on ticking. It's not going to happen, man. He took some violent licks yesterday. Wow. It's going to be tough. You know, I kind of feel sorry for Michael Vick, uh, but on the one hit that he took right before the half, you know, uh, most quarterbacks, when they're bringing a blitz, they have the hot read, and uh, Vick didn't, uh, he didn't see the blitzer coming. You know, that's on him when you slide your um, offensive tackle. He has to pick that up and hit the hot read, and uh, he didn't do that. And, uh he took a he took a very violent hit, and um, Arizona got a big scoop and score right before the half. But uh, you know you you have to ask yourself: Will Michael Vick be able to make it through the season if he continues to take this type of beating? And uh, for me to say with his injury history, uh, I'm going to say that's going to be a big no. But hopefully uh, Philly can uh, get their pass protection issues. Uh, Corrected, and uh, you know Michael Vick also has to do a better job. He has to take some responsibility for what happened on some of those plays. Maybe they were barking at his heels. <laughs> You're wrong for that, Roland. You're wrong. Hey, but you know, I've always said, man, Michael Vick is not a very big athlete, and he's like a sprinter that has lost a couple steps. And, and when you're a sprinter that has lost a couple steps, you, you're almost extinct. And, um, and I hate to say this, but I just don't see Michael Vick's career in Philadelphia um, um, not much longer if he keeps on doing what he's doing. He's going to have to turn this game around real quick. Man. You know, uh, Philly's 2-1. Uh, they, they're really invested in Michael Vick, so it's going to be hard for Philly just to say, hey, we're done with Michael Vick. We're going to we're gonna wash our hands with Michael Vick. And uh, uh, just to answer the, the sprinter that uh, has lost a couple steps, I, I still feel that Michael Vick is one of the uh, fastest quarterbacks in the National Football League. Uh, you know, uh, you, you have to protect your quarterback. That's the offensive lineman's job. And those guys get paid a lot of money, especially your left and right tackles. And, uh, so, one, the offensive line has to do a better job of, of protecting Vic. And then uh, Michael Vick has to do a better job of uh, recognizing the blitz and uh, getting the ball out quicker. And, uh, you know, he can prevent some of these um, hits that he's taking. And uh, also, if you're going to play to Vic's strengths, if you're the offensive coordinator, I wouldn't have Vic dropping back, throwing the ball 30, 40 times a game. I mean, I'm going to do some stuff where I'm going to get him on the roll and give him some run pass reads and let him take advantage of his skill set. Well, Michael Vick has lost a couple of steps for Michael Vick. He still may be the fastest quarterback <laughs> in the NFL. However, he's not the same Michael Vick that played in Atlanta and the same Michael Vick that came to Philadelphia a few years back. Hey, but, man, let's talk about these New York Giants. You know, a couple of weeks ago we were talking about the New York Giants after they lost to the Dallas Cowboys, saying that, hey, Tom Coughlin's job might be on the line again already. But they pulled themselves together and won two straight, and they beat the Panthers convincingly on Thursday night. I mean, put a shellacking on 36-7. to And, hey, 
just 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 the dominant Giants performance. You know, you're talking about the uh, defending Super Bowl champions. They lost um, opening night to the Cowboys, and uh, I, I think they kind of threw that game on purpose. You know, because the last two times they won, <laughs> the last two times the Giants won the Super Bowl, I mean, they lost their first game. But uh, you know, they did. They dominated the Panthers behind the steady play of Eli and, and backups. I mean, their backup running back, Andre Brown, he ran with a purpose. I mean, he, he ran hard. He came downhill. And if I'm the first string back that uh, Bradshaw that was out the game, I'm looking over my shoulder like, man, this guy really ran the ball hard. 20 carries, 113 yards and two touchdowns. Didn't miss a beat. And um, a, another guy that I just want to give some credit to on that Giants um, offense is uh, Martellus Bennett, the tight end pickup. That just has been a great acquisition for them had six catches 73 yards and a touchdown and you know the Giants defense they uh they get after the quarterback two sacks three interceptions and uh they made life tough for Cam Newton yes and, and you know Eli Manning just does what he does you know 27 or 35 288 yards he's going close he's going to always throw close to about 300 yards and he usually has no turnovers. And when he has no turnovers and Carolina had five turnovers, that says it all right there. Hey, but, man, this team, I really look at this team as possibly going to the Super Bowl this year. The Chicago Bears won against the Rams 23-6. to You know, the, the Bears and Lovey Smith, they're just plug along, plug along, plug along. You know, they're 2-1, looking pretty good, big physical team, probably one of the biggest teams in the league. Hey, they're, they're, they're solid. Uh, you know, they are solid, but uh, to, to me, looking at that game, it, it was just the Bears' defense. Whenever you can get six sacks, you get two interceptions, your defense score a touchdown, you're going to be very successful. You know, you, you stop a big-time running back like Steven Jackson, you limit him to 29 yards on 11 carries. I mean, that that's the recipe for winning games, you know. The jury's still out on the Bears because, uh, you know, they, they, they took a pretty good beating um, from the Green Bay Packers, but what I do like is they responded. They came back from adversity, and they did what they had to do. They got a victory. And, uh, you know, the Bears, they're, they're known for defense. Uh, Jay Cutler and Brandon Marshall, they're going to um, eventually get on the same page. You know, they were without Forte. And, uh, you know, Michael Bush, he, he stepped in for them, uh, had a, a solid 55 yards and a touchdown. So, you know, just congratulations to the Bears and Lovey Spiff. Lovey Smith bouncing back from a, um, a defeat to the Packers and getting a victory. At the end of the day, it's about it's about the W. It don't matter how you got it, how pretty it was. So congratulations and uh, you know we're only in week three. I see a lot of parity. There's only two unbeaten teams right now: Atlanta and Houston. Yeah, three. Arizona now. Don't forget oh, Arizona. No, I did forget. I'm yeah, Arizona has uh, and you know to me uh, speaking of oh, you're the, right. speaking of the undefeated teams. <laughs> Arizona's the biggest surprise. I, yeah. I mean, when you beat New England and you beat Philly, and, and they didn't just beat them. Their, their defense, to me, is very underrated. You're talking about beating up Tom Brady, and uh, you saw the licks that Michael Vick took yesterday. So, uh, you know, hey, they are the surprise 3-0 team. Well, they have Calais Campbell up there from the U, and he's probably one of the best unknown defensive tackles in the NFL. Calais Campbell, remember that name. Huge guy. And I'm a big fan of him. He always comes to the reunions down at University of Miami. Great guy. Hey, but, man, I tell you, the Bills came up yesterday and beat the Cleveland Browns. Not a, you know, nothing big, but the Bills are 2-1 right now. And um, they, they, they look like they could 
you know, do some things in their division. Their division is always always skeptical. But I think the Bills could do some things this year in their division. Uh, they're they're going to have to go through New England. You know, that the, that that um, division, if you're going to be crowned the champ, you're going to have to beat New England. and uh, They get a chance this week to go up two games on New England if, if they can get a victory. Uh, you know, C.J. Spiller, he has done a remarkable job stepping in for um, – for Jackson, and uh, he's one of the leading rushers in the NFL. He went down with an injury yesterday, and uh, you know their offense kind of stalled, but at the same time, you know they they found the way t- to get the victory. And uh, the hundred million dollar man uh, got a sack yesterday. Got his first sack. <laughs> hey, but I tell you, man, this this young man Richardson from Alabama, you know he went twelve for twenty seven yesterday in a touchdown. That's just not going to cut it for the Cleveland Browns to be successful. They brought him there to be a workhorse, and uh, if they can only give him the ball 12 times, he's not going to get what they're looking for from him. You are um, you're absolutely right. You know, uh, if you're going to be a good team, you're going to have to you're going to have to be able to run the football one, and you're going to have to be able to stop the run. And uh, you know, there's a lot of teams that are passing the ball, they're spreading it around, and a, a lot of teams they do stuff where they're throwing quick screens, and really that's just a, a quick handoff. If they get four or five yards off of that, they'll be more than happy with that. But uh, they're definitely going to have to find a way to run the ball. But you know, it is early in the season. The young man missed all of a uh, preseason, so uh, he ran hard last week, and uh, you know. I'm pretty sure he'll bounce back. He, he's a very, very talented young man. 13 rushes for 33 yards. That's all the Browns could muster. Well, that's not good enough. No. Nope. Yeah, especially when your first pick is a running back, was a running back. Hey, but the Buccaneers, you know, they came up short again. Coach Ciano made his defensive line bust through the bust through the offensive line with seconds left to go in the game again. And, you know, this is getting a little old. But, um, you know, the Cowboys Cowboys look pretty good, you know. They're 2-1, they're and one, you know, one of the best records in the league. Can't complain about that. And Tony Romo's not looking bad. Tony Romo's playing some pretty good football. You know, he, he almost threw for 300 yesterday, 25 or 39, 283. And no interceptions or touchdowns. So, um, you know. You know, they, um, I'm not going to say that uh, that the Cowboys looked good yesterday. To, to me, this was just one of those grinded out, tough defensive battles. And, uh, and the thing is, uh, Rex Ryan's twin brother ha- ha- really has the Dallas Cowboy defense playing very, very well. When you can hold Tampa Bay to 185 yards of uh, total offense, that that's doing something. You get forced, you get two sacks and a pick, and uh, you know Vincent Jackson, the big time free agent pickup, he didn't get his first catch until the late in the fourth quarter. So you know, hit the def- defensively, Dallas got after it, and you're going to win a lot of ball games when you can hold teams to ten points. I am not impressed with the Bucks quarterback Freeman. Uh, what through ten for ten for twenty eight, uh, one hundred and ten yards and that, an interception. That's, that's that, not going to get it. No, I, I think Dallas did everything possible to help Tampa Bay win that game, and he just couldn't. No, that's that's not going to get it. And you know, and Josh Freeman is a young man that had a lot of success last year. 
And maybe maybe that success has clouded his vision for this year. Maybe he didn't work as hard. Maybe he thought it was going to come just as easy this year as it did last year. Maybe he thought it was going to come a little easier. That's what we call that sophomore jinx. Actually, actually, that, was, actually that was two years ago under um, Raheem Morris when he played at a very high level. He took a step back to me last year. And, uh, you know, he came into this season. He cut a lot of weight. He came in in the best shape of his life. And, uh, and he, he hasn't gotten it done. Uh, but th- they are competitive, and you know his receivers. They have to do a better job of making some catches for him <laughs> yeah. and, and, and fighting for the football. But they got to discover that they have two hands. Yes, they, they, <laughs> they really do have one. to discover that. And, and, and you know, I, I think this 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 is a young man that has a tremendous amount of talent. He can make all of the throws, and uh, they, they're going to have to be they're going to have to run the football and set up the play action game, and then that's going to allow him to do some of the things. You know, Vincent Jackson. Vertically, he, he's pretty good vertically, but he's not the most well-disciplined route runner that there is. You know, he do a lot of stuff in the vertical passing game, but they're going to need some receivers that's going to step up and make some big-time plays. And, you know, they got rid of uh, Mr. Winslow, and uh, a lot of times the tight end is a quarterback's best friend. Yeah, and I'm sure he's going to do a really good job, Winslow that is, at New England. Uh, he's going to get his opportunities in New it's England. Brady, University yeah. of Michigan, they're going to get him the football, man. No, because he's one of the one of the premier tight ends in the league, even though he got cut. He's still one of the premier tight ends in the league because he went to the U. And, uh, the U. Here we go. Next, uh, next game. Hey, man, man, the Detroit Lions and the, and the Tennessee Titans. Wow, what a wild game yesterday. Wow. We saw we saw the, the, the old throwback on a punt this time. Not the kickoff return, but a punt return where they threw it back across the field and ran it for a touchdown. Took the game in the overtime. Detroit threw a Hail Mary to take the game in the overtime. Wow, what an exciting game. But the last play that Detroit had the ball, when they went for it on fourth down, the coach said he really was trying to get the other team to jump offside. It was a miscommunication. I'm not so sure about that. But anyway, I think he maybe was trying to cover for his for his um for his quarterback. But we and as an offensive player, offense coordinator in high school, we had plays. I had a play I always ran quarterback sneak on a silent count. Quarterback, the quarterback would go up, push up on the center, take off. It was best basically just those two guys in the play. Now he says that's something like what they had called. That's the quarterback. That's what he did look like to me. He went up, pushed up, and they took off. But he didn't. He didn't catch anybody off guard. They were back. They had him in the backfield before he got the ball. What do you think they'll be practicing this week? (laughs) But you you know, when I look at that game, to me that was one of the most exciting games of of the whole weekend. Mm -hmm. The Lions scored 14 points in 18 seconds. I mean, I mean, (laughs) that doesn't that doesn't happen often. Often, and uh, you know, hey, Sean Hill came in, completed 10 of 13 passes for 172 yards after Stafford went out, two touchdowns, put the Lions in position to win the game. So you know, what what can you ask for and really that, that's a coaching error that's that's not a player's error you know you kick the field goal you don't sometimes yeah. you try to get too smart you call time and, out and, 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 out, and outsmart everyone yeah. you know and uh that was the backup quarterback and so that could have had something to do with the miscommunication but at the same time don't try Keep it simple, stupid. Yeah, kids, don't reinvent like the wheel. We tell the high school kids, keep it simple. <laughs> hey, but man, the Jaguars pulled out a. Yeah, they they pulled one out of their ear. Yeah. yesterday. Mm. My goodness, over the Colts. Seconds left to go in the game. You know, Galbert throws a pass to short. 
he runs it in for a touchdown, like an 80-yard touchdown. Wow, what an exciting, what an exciting play! Um, I was just really shocked that Indianapolis was not in more of a prevent defense. I couldn't believe that he got behind both safeties. I mean, he didn't get he didn't get behind him. He caught a slant and he turned it upfield and and he's still running. But uh, you you know, I'm looking at the Jaguars. They they really rode rode Maurice Jones Drew another great outing for uh, Jones yeah. Drew. Uh, yeah. But the Jacksonville, they're going to be in trouble if they can't get uh, Blaine Gabbert to play better. You know, he was 10 of 21, 155 yards and a touchdown. But before he threw that 80-yard touchdown pass with 45 seconds to go, he was 9 of 20 for 75 yards. That's just not good enough on any level of football. And, you know, Jones Drew held out for a reason. You yes. have the worst passed offense yes. in in. in professional football, and he still was able, with no training camp, to manage 177 yards on 28 carries and a touchdown. So it's like, what more can he do? Again, they're putting the load on his back, and he's carrying it. He's showing that, hey, I can get it done. So now my question to the Jacksonville Jaguars is, you need to pay the man. They really do need to pay the man. But my my thing is, you know, the the guy short that caught the long touchdown, the 80-yard touchdown, he had one reception for 80 yards. The Jaguars have got to come up with more players doing more things for this team than just Jones Drew for them to be successful. They can't be a one-man band. And, but, you know, uh, our rookie quarterback spotlight, um, Andrew Luck, 22 of 46. He's under 50%. You know, that's not going to be good enough. Uh, at three, at, at 313 yards and two touchdowns and one interception. I, I do like the fact that uh, he made some plays with his leg. He was uh, with his legs. He was uh, four carries, 50 yards. So that's always a great sign to see. Um, I, I think all of these rookie quarterbacks, they're going to continue to get better. This is the National Football League. Some of the throws and some of the things that you can do in college, you, the guys are just too good in the National Football League allowed him to get away with some of the stuff they did. So, uh, you know, Andrew Luck, I'm sure he's going to continue to get better. The 313 Jackson, the, yards. That's yeah, not shabby. The Jacksonville Jaguars, yeah. they got lucky. They beat my Colts. <laughs> hey, you know, and, and, and Blaine Gabbard is one of those guys that came up last year. He was almost thrown to the Wolves. They, they got rid of their starting quarterback. They put him in as, the, um, as a starter. And I don't think he really got seasoned last year. I think he got beat up. And I think that has really kind of He's gun-shy. Yeah, exactly. He's gun-shy. He's gun-shy. He got beat up. But well, all really he got to do is hand the ball off to Maurice Jones. Well, you got to do more than that, man, in the NFL. Hey, guys, you're listening to Sports Info UM on WELE 1380. We will be right back after the break. So now... Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Livingston Warrington and Sword, PA, a full-service law firm located at 20 Airport Road, Suite A, Palm Coast, Florida, serving Volusia, St. John's, Flagler, and Putnam Counties. 
practicing in the areas of bankruptcy, divorce, and child support, injunctions, criminal defense, foreclosure defense, real estate, probate, and general business litigation. Need help? Call Livingston Woolton and Sword, PA, at 386-437-5833. The number again is 386-437-5833. For an appointment and mention this ad and your consultation is on the house. Livingston Wolverton and Sword, PA, Attorneys at Law, the obvious choice. Play ball! If you're looking to talk baseball, even in the offseason, look no further than the King's Corner Talking Baseball with former World Series champion Jim Lairitz. Jim's known for a rather controversial stance during his show. He's brutally honest and ready to talk with current and former players, owners, and other key figures to bring you baseball from an insider's view. You won't want to miss a single episode. The King's Corner Talking Baseball with Jim Lairitz is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Has your insurance been canceled or non-renewed? Have your premiums increased dramatically? Are you looking for a new agent? Why don't you call Accord Insurance located in Palm Coast, Florida today? Accord Insurance offers home, flood, auto, business, life, and health insurance at affordable rates from A-rated carriers. Talk to an Accord Insurance agent today. 386 386- 447-8950 or www.accordinsurancepalmcoast.com Accord Insurance, Volusia and Flagler County's premier insurance agency providing you with quality insurance you can afford. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 386-523-1380. That's 386-523-1380. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Sports Info UM. You got me and Sam and Daryl. And our engineer, Roland Villa, hanging out with us. Hey, Sam, we're just talking about these NFL games, and we left off on, uh, what, what game are we talking Jets and uh, Miami. I just want to let all our Jets listeners know that uh, if you would like to join this conversation, you can give us a call at 386-523-1380. Again, you're listening to Sports Info UM on the Voice America Network. Uh, if you missed the show, you can also catch us on demand on your smartphones or tablets. And uh, getting back to that Jets and Miami game. Daryl, you're talking about outsmarting yourself. <laughs> wow, did you see that? I mean, they, they kicked the field goal. The Dolphins run out, call timeout, but they blocked the field goal. <laughs> they kicked, so, they, so now the Jets get a chance to kick it again, and guess what? They make it this time. You see wow. Rex Ryan, he, uh, he, he's just clapping, he's smiling, he, he he's just like, hi, you got yourself, you got yourself. But I tell you what, man, Rex Ryan, he looks really good, man. Uh, lost a lot of weight, looks real healthy, and uh, his Giants are two and one. But I, I tell you, the Giants, uh, Jets. I, the Jets, yeah, I'm not buying the Jets, and, and I'm not buying the Jets because uh, their quarterback play. I mean. Uh, Mark Sanchez, very high pick, and they invested even more money into him by giving him a, an extension. And he hasn't really done much. He hasn't shown much progress as a passer. And uh, they're going to go as Mark Sanchez go. And they also lost their best player, Daryl Rivas. Yeah, well, ACL. you know, 
the, the Jets really are struggling running the ball. I mean, you, you thought this was going to be gangrene, ground and pound. <laughs> it's just, it just doesn't happen, man. The Jets are not really running the ball with any, you know, um, power. They're leading Russia went um, 10 for 45, no TDs. I mean, they just, they, they really just not and moving the ball on the ground. And they're also not stopping the running. You know, when you think about the Jets, you think about their defense. And uh, Miami had 43 carries for 185 yards. When you can run the ball for over four yards a clip as an offense, you're exciting, man. That, that means you're getting, you're moving the, the offensive line. Is, they're moving the defensive line. And, uh, you know, you keep calling those plays. And that's what Miami did. They ran the ball 43 times. They had some success. Uh, had two touchdowns on the ground. And, and you know Reggie Bush was really running the ball hard, and uh, he didn't even play in the second half. And he finished with 10 carries for 61 yards. And then Daniel Thomas came in and uh, had 19 carries and grinded out 69 yards and a touchdown. So you have to be happy with that if you're Miami. Yeah, but you know at, at the same time, how can Miami be happy with their quarterback 16 to 36 for 196 yards? You better have Earl Campbell in the backfield if you're only going to throw for 196 yards in this day and age of the NFL. Hey, uh, you, you know Earl might be before your time. No, I'm not. How about Earl Campbell? Walker, man, Earl, you know Campbell <laughs> Earl Campbell, Texas. Uh, you, you, you know. Uh, uh, but when you can run the ball and have success on the ground, that's going to allow your quarterback to um, play action pass and make a lot of safe throws. Uh, you know, uh, sixteen to thirty-six. The, the one interception. You know, I, I can live with the sixteen to thirty-six if you're not turning the ball over. But but the interception at the end of the day, Miami had a chance to win the, win the game. They missed the field goal that would allow them to win the game in overtime. So Miami should be happy. They could easily be two and one. Uh, they're playing a lot better. And uh, you know the one thing that I, that I noticed yesterday, the the most excited guy on the Jet sideline was the former Miami coach, you know, uh, Soprano. Oh, yeah. He's the offensive coordinator for the Jets. Yeah, you know and when they happy. called that timeout <laughs> in the field goal, when they blocked the field goal, you talking about a guy that was excited. Like, take that, take that. That's what you get. And, hey, man, uh, congratulations to him and the Jets. And, uh I'm still not sold on the Jets. And, you know, when you think about the Jets, you think about defense, and their defense haven't been living up to the lofty standards that uh, everybody has bestowed upon them. But they're 2-1. And and, and I want to make one one more comment about the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins cannot live on Reggie Bush running between the tackles. Reggie Bush won't survive this season running between the tackles. they got to find ways to give him more counters and get him outside, but he can't make a living running between the tackles. The 49ers and the Vikings, man, this was probably the upset of the day. Last week, people were talking about the 49ers being one of the best teams in the NFL. This week, they let the Vikings beat them, a team that I thought probably was going to be one of the worst teams in the league coming into the season. Hey, man, congratulations to um, Leslie Frazier, uh, the Vikings head coach. He has them playing hard. When you get your guys on the same page and playing hard and everybody buying into the system, you can be very successful. You know, Christian Ponder, the second-year quarterback, he, he played well. He made plays with his legs, with his arm, with his head. He 
a steady 21 or 35. He had two touchdowns, and he didn't turn the ball over. That's the most important thing. When you don't turn the ball over and you can run the football or have success running the football, you're going to always have a chance to, to be in the game. And, you know, the Vikings, they're sitting at 2-1. and one. Who would have thought they would, that, that the Minnesota Vikings would be 2-1? Wow. And they would beat the San Francisco 49ers. When you, when you watch the San Francisco 49ers defense, you're talking about a physical defense that comes downhill and then they're trying to knock snot bubbles from you. Uh, so you, you have to tip your hat to the Minnesota Vikings for just not laying down, playing hard, and, and grinding out a victory. That They really they dominated the 49ers. If you want to call really a spade did. a spade, they dominated the 49ers. I would agree. You know, but the Kansas City Chiefs, the hapless Kansas City Chiefs, I was concerned about them getting a victory at all this season, and they got their first victory against the New Orleans Saints, who are yet to get a victory. And, man, they really look like a fish out of water without their coach. Um, and their coach in waiting still has a couple more games he's suspended for. Their head coach, Sean Payton, who's out for the entire season. Man, this team really looked like they might be in a little bit of trouble. You know, uh, New Orleans got out to a nice start. They were up. 24 to 13 and uh jamal charles said just give me the ball coach give me the ball and get out my way when uh you're talking about a man that has world-class speed coming off an acl injury uh i saw him on a 90-yard touchdown run where he, he was untouched he got the ball went around the left end and uh he saw a seam and he hit it and he's still running uh yeah. when you can when you run when one individual runs for 233 yards you're going to have a hard time beating anybody because that's way too many yards and uh, you know you had to tip your hat to Kansas City they went out uh, a lot of people didn't expect them to go to New Orleans and win and uh, you know they got the job done uh, congratulations to Coach Cromel for um, getting his guys ready to play uh, they could have easily shut it down when they were down 24 to 13 they kept fighting uh you know that's the mark of a team that's hungry and uh you know some of these coaches these guys are playing for their livelihood because a, oh, yeah. a lot of guys are going to be a lot of guys are on the hot seat for sure whether they know it or not and uh you know just congratulations to them new orleans have a lot of problems and defensively they can't stop anyone and uh you know teams are going to continue to run the football on them. if you show you can't run the ball man they if you find something that's working, you're going to continue to do it. And now they're trying to – they got a tough game next week. They got to go to Green Bay and try not to go 0-4. So yeah. uh, good luck on that one. And, and this running back, Charles, man, 33 for 233 yards. Charles is not a running back that you can run 33 times a game. I'm, you know, he's he he's not a physical running back. And and if the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be relying on him to run the ball 33, 33 times a game, they they're going to have some problems too. Uh, they just can't run that kind, that many times. He's just not built to do that. I know the game went into overtime, and you could probably add about seven or eight more carries to him in the overtime but still man 33 times is a lot of time for that that young man to touch the ball the Bengals and the Redskins hey Marvin Lewis man Marvin Lewis knows how to win in the regular season he really does Marvin Lewis is uh Marvin Lewis is a great defensive coach he's to me he's the one coach who benefit he has benefited tremendously for having such a cheap owner. You know, there's a couple times in his career where he probably should have been fired, but uh, the, the Bengals owner didn't want to pay him <laughs> to sit on the sideline. But, uh, you know, he has the Bengals playing 
playing good football. The, the thing with the Bengals, they're in such a tough division. When you got the Steelers, you got to play the, play the Steelers twice and the Ravens twice. You know, that, that's tough sled. And uh, they have found a way to make the playoffs uh, the last couple of years. And uh, Mr. Andrew Dalton, I, I tell you what, when you say they got it right, they got a franchise quarterback, and they and, and they have a top five wide receiver in A.J. AJ Green, man, you're, you're talking about the formula where they can be successful for a very long time. That um, they have the playmakers in place, and uh, you know they went out, got a, a tough victory, gave up gave up too many points for my liking. But hey, at the end of the day, it's about getting the victory, and uh, they did that. Yeah. Hey, the Philadelphia Eagles lost to the Cardinals. The Cardinals are three and zero. Who would have ever thought that the Cardinals would be three and zero? You know, these, this is another one of those teams, man. You wondered if they would even win five games this year, and here they are in the playoffs. But when you got Larry Fitzgerald, trust me, you always got a shot with Larry Fitzgerald. He's just that kind of guy. He's going to catch nine for over 100 almost every game, win or lose. Uh, I don't know if he's going to catch that many, and, and he, he is probably one of the premier if not the premier wide receiver in the NFL. I just love the way he attacks the ball when it's in the air. He has great body control. M- made a great catch for a touchdown yesterday where he kind of rolled into the end zone. Uh, it, his only problem is just getting consistent quarterback play. But just to speak on Arizona being 3-0, and uh, their, their defense has played very physical. You know, uh, when, when you can beat up, and harass Tom Brady like you did and, and and get a tough victory versus New England and then just they dominated Philly yesterday. Uh played just lights out defense and uh how about Kevin Cobb? Went from not starting to to getting the starting position back by default. But he has been steady and and you know all you want. You don't need a guy to go out and throw for two hundred and fifty yards, three hundred yards. If you look at what um Alex Smith is doing in San Francisco. You just need a guy that's going to manage the game and not turn the ball over and make a couple couple plays a game. And, uh, you know, that's the formula that teams that play great defense, that they can live with that. They want to be in that dogfight, and their guys are going to find a way to, um, to, to get a victory. And when you look at Arizona, they're only a couple years removed from going to the Super Bowl. So you know some talent on their roster. And uh, when you can run the ball and play action and throw the ball to Fitzgerald, you're going to be in a lot of games. You know, the Atlanta Falcons beat the San Diego Chargers, and the Chargers just really never looked like they were in the game, man. And, you know, I guess, I guess my question is, how much longer are we going to be looking at the San Diego Chargers head coach on a sideline? I mean, every year his job is on the line. And if they can't come up with more victories than they've got, than what they look like they're going to do this year, I mean, I mean, they're two and one. What more can he do? They they came into the game undefeated. But so, uh, I mean, yeah, they got dominated. Uh, they got dominated at home. You never like to to get beat like they did yesterday at home. But you're talking about a team that's growing up before our eyes. The Atlanta Falcons. Uh, you know, Matt Ryan is playing like Peyton Manning in his prime. When. 30 or 40, 275 yards, three touchdowns and, uh, and one interception. And, uh, Julio Jones is emerging as, as the marquee 
receiver on that team. You know, they basically have two uh, number one receivers when you got Julio Jones and and, and Rodney White and also a, a future Hall of Famer and uh, Tony Gonzalez, you know. And they run the football with Michael Turner. So there's a lot of things that this Atlanta team can do. And uh, you saw last week defensively they got after Peyton Manning. So, uh, you know, a lot of people saying the 49ers, some people saying the Houston Texans. I, I think Atlanta, the Atlanta Falcons is throwing their name in that hat too. And it is early. And, you know, sometimes we all we shoot our gun early. It's, it's just three games into the season. But they have – been very impressive in these first three weeks. Philip Rivers and Antonio Gates, they just really could never get it together yesterday either. But, um, hey, man, the Texans look like the biggest team in the NFL. Physically, they are a huge team. I saw them play the Jacksonville Jaguars last Sunday in the second week of the season. And this week, they went to, to, to the Broncos and really just never gave them a, a breath of fresh air. The score dictated a little bit closer than the game. Um, you know, I mean, Peyton Manning just never looked like he got it together. And I'll tell you this, man. Peyton Manning's passes look almost like Tim Tebow's passes. They're wobbly. They're not straight. He just doesn't throw that tight spiral, man. I mean, Peyton really never threw a real, real, real tight spiral. But if you can't I don't know about the tight, Tim Tebow analogy. Uh, but, uh, I, I might be stretching it a when, bit. When, I might when, be stretching it a bit. But I'm making a comparison of... He played for Denver. Tim when, played for Denver last year. Threw you, a lot of wobbly balls. When you have uh, guys constantly in your face, you know, you're talking about one of the premier defenses in the National Football League. Yeah. And uh, you you got to mention the Houston Texans. And J.J. Uh, Watt, man, he, he's all over the place. He's a quarterback's nightmare. And, uh, you know, the Houston Texans have – they have some playmakers. They remind me of the Dallas Cowboys when they had the big three. You're talking about Schwab. You're talking about uh, Arian Foster and Ben Tate comes in and run downhill. And then Andre Johnson is one of the best wide receivers in the National Football League. From the U. When he's healthy. And, uh, you know, when you complete 17 to 30 passes for 290 yards, but you have four touchdowns, it's going to be very tough to um, to lose games when you're getting that type of production. And really the score don't indicate the beating that the um, – the Denver Broncos. No, it, it really doesn't. You know, and I guess I, I want to make one comment about um, the hit that Matt Schaub, Schwab took yesterday, man. It was violent, you know. And I, then when you hear that part of his ear was taken off when he took that hit. And when, when you see him laying on the ground holding both of his ears, it's like, wow, has he got something ringing in his head? Just really didn't know what was going on. And then you hear the story later that uh, the guy lost part of his ear, went out for one play, came back in. Now, we don't know how much of his ear he lost. Maybe it was one millimeter or maybe one centimeter. I'm not sure. Hey, I hear the music, and that means we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back with more sports info. You listen to us on WELE 1380 and Voice America. We'll be right back. I'd like to know how they fight through a helmet. <laughs> we got two more games. Has your insurance been canceled or non-renewed? Have your premiums increased dramatically? Are you looking for a new agent? Why don't you call Accord Insurance located in Palm Coast, Florida today? Accord Insurance offers home, flood, auto, business, life, and health insurance at affordable rates from A-rated carriers. Talk to an Accord Insurance agent today, 386-447-8950 or www.accordinsurancepalmcoast.com. Accord Insurance, 
Volusia and Flagler County's premier insurance agency, providing you with quality insurance you can afford. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Livingston, Warrington and Sword, PA, a full-service law firm located at 20 Airport Road, Suite A, Palm Coast, Florida, serving Volusia, St. John's, Flagler, and Putnam Counties, practicing in the areas of bankruptcy, divorce, and child support, injunctions, criminal defense, foreclosure defense, real estate, probate, and general business litigation. Need help? Call Livingston, Warrington and Sword, PA, at 386-437-5833. The number again is 386-437-5833. For an appointment and mention this ad and your consultation is on the house. Livingston, Wolverton and Sword, PA, Attorneys at Law, the obvious choice. Are you looking for the ultimate trail to hike? Maybe you're looking to do the ultimate backpacking adventure. Whether you're a day hiker or an all-out backpacker, be sure to tune in to Backpacking America's Trails with host Rob Maureen. We'll explore some of the most fascinating places on Earth. In addition, we'll talk about backpacking gear, including reviews, safety tips, and more. Our experts will share recipes, destinations, and skills to make backpacking the most enjoyable experience for you. Listen every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. How do you like your news? The Daytona Beach News Journal is launching a brand new website with a sleek, easy-to-navigate, reader-friendly design. You'll find more breaking news and in-depth local coverage, more photo galleries and videos, exclusive access to Parade and USA Weekend magazines, and more cool features launching throughout September. New mobile and tablet apps are now available. Log on and see what's new on the new NewsJournalOnline.com. The Daytona Beach News Journal. Your news, your way. On paper, online, on the go. This Is It Sports is an engaging talk program that includes you, the experts, and sports, all moderated by Coach Carl Hargrave. We'll talk about what's going on in the general sports world, collegiate and professional, take a look at youth-oriented sports, athletic development and sportsmanship, faith, and where it has its place in sports, along with a lively discussion with Coach Carl every week. Tune in to This Is It Sports with Coach Carl Hargrave every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. You're tuned in to Sports Info U.M. with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 386-523-1380. That's 386-523-1380. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to more Sports Info U.M. All right, Sam, we got two more NFL games. Want to discuss um, the Steelers lost to the Raiders. Well, wow, I think this would be considered an upset, man. The Raiders didn't have much coming into this season, but wow, 34-31. And I, we saw another vicious hit um, in this game. Haywood Bay uh, had to be taken off on a stretcher. Um, ah, 
but but I, you know, from what we understand now, he's doing much better. He's released from the hospital. He has been released. Uh, you know, they're saying that it's not a concussion, more of a neck injury. Mm-hmm. But the, but the one thing that uh, that kind of disappointed me that there was no flag on that play. And you know, the um, NFL they they made it a very concentrated effort to um, to take out the helmet to helmet contact in the NFL. Right. And um, you know, I, I'm sure that there's going to be a fine levy. So a little disappointed that the referees uh, missed that call. That's not the only one they missed, but. Uh, just just a little disappointed. But um, I, I tell you what, I'm a little surprised that the Steelers are one of the teams, along with New England, that's sitting at one and two. Uh, you know, Big Ben did everything but uh, line the field yesterday. Uh, he, was, <laughs> he was very efficient, 36 of 49, 384 yards and four touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, you know, to me, the issue for the Pittsburgh Steelers is, is that they cannot muster a running game. And it's going to be hard to win when you have only 54 yards as a team averaging 2.7 yards a carry that's just not good enough uh if you're going to play if if you're going to win in the National Football League and you know um, I'm sure that those guys are working very hard trying to get everything corrected but uh you know the offense uh the passing game did their job but uh there is three phases to football offense defense and special teams yeah, and I'm sure uh, once Mendenhall gets back, he's going to really help their running game a lot. It's going to be hard, really though, coming off of ACL, man. Uh, it ain't just, uh... hey, and don't get me wrong. You, it takes a year off to come back from, a, a, from an ACL injury. But he can't hurt what they're doing now because they're running, their running game is really suffering. It's non-existent. It, it doesn't exist. I, I agree. And it's, it's like running back by committee, you know, and they even have uh, Chris Rainey as, as one of the running backs who's about 148 pounds. Don't look like he's really yeah. sticking it up in there I, because he can't at 148 pounds. And that's exaggerating a little bit. But at the same yeah. time, you have to tip your hat to the Oakland Raiders. You know, come out. Carson Palmer, he was very efficient yesterday, 24-34, 209 yards and three touchdowns. And, uh, you know, McFadden, he ran hard. It's, it's very few running backs managed to get 100 yards on the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. The one thing that the Steelers are known for is playing just tough defense. And, uh, you know, he hit that 100-yard mark yesterday. So uh, when you can have that type of balance, when you have a back over 100 yards, you have a quarterback being very efficient, completing over 60% of his passes and three touchdowns you know you're going to be successful and uh when the clock's running down and you get one shot i i remember coach gruden said he used to tell our kickers when i was used to sit in the meet rooms in oakland that hey you get one shot you're like a sniper you got to make it count and I, and I tell you what, I wouldn't want to go out with any other guy lining up besides Sebastian Janikowski uh, when the game's on the line. And uh, he delivered yesterday. He nailed the 43-yarder as time expired to give Oakland a victory and to give them their first win of the year. Oh, he's he's an outstanding kicker. Hey, but the Patriots, man, um, they lost to the Ravens. But coming into this game, we knew somebody was going to be one and two, somebody was going to be two and one. And just so happens, the Ravens pulled it out with a, a 31-30 victory over the Patriots. Bill Belichick ran on the field, grabbed one of the referees because he, he wasn't sure the field goal, went through the uprights. Hey. I, don't, I thought that was very unnecessary. I mean, just, just I thought it was unnecessary. Me personally, I, uh, uh, I think it was. I think it was unnecessary too. But before I talk about this game, I just want to send our condolences to uh, Tory Smith and his family. You know, he lost his younger brother uh, less than 24 hours before the game. Didn't know if he was going to suit up, and uh, with the heavy heart, he went out and, and had a very, very productive game. Uh, had over 100 yards receiving and two touchdowns, and a, and a very action-packed. Uh, 
the game, a uh, little controversy at the end. And, uh, you know, Belichick, he had no right to put his hands on the referee. And, uh, you know, his comment was, did you see the game? What was it, like 30 penalties out there? It was, uh, it was actually only 10 penalties called on New England for 85 yards. It was more penalties called on the Baltimore Ravens, 14 for 135 yards. Uh, and, uh, you know, the NFL sent out a, a memo to teams and notified these teams that they're not going to allow them to verbally abuse the referee. Right. So, and, uh, you know, they find Coach Fox and the, uh, Jack Del Rio. Jack Del Rio last week. They find Coach Fox, 30000 and the defense coordinator for the Denver Broncos, Jack Del Rio, 25000 And they say it was so bad last week that they had they had to actually call the Georgia Dome and tell the coaches to, um, to calm down. So, uh, you know, the NFL, they're not going to tolerate this. You know, the referees, they're not they're not perfect. And, uh, you know, Drew Brees, he said it today that it, it's not their fault. You know, it's just um, everything's moving so fast. And uh, they are making mistakes. It, this was a situation that, that they weren't prepared to handle. And, uh, you know, they're doing the best job that they can possibly do. Where actually are those referees coming from? Do they do other levels of football or where where are they coming from are they are they just referees in training they're substitutes uh, they do other uh, they do other levels of football i know when i was at the university of michigan we would bring in referees like high school guys or junior college refs to um to officiate every practice in uh Oh, and, and okay. I'm pretty sure that these referees are the next tier of NFL referees. Like they're guys that were in college that were being trained or groomed, but they were just not ready, and they were thrust into the action because of the lockout. Uh, and so, so now it's like they're they're put in a situation that they weren't ready for. And, and now um, rumor has it that is that Roger Goodall, he took place in the talks yesterday. There was uh, still nothing came out of the talks, but they're still going to communicate. And, uh, you know, hopefully they get something uh, done to take care of it. But, uh, you know, it's going to take time, and uh, everybody's going to have to be patient with, with the referees. And I think one of the calls that, that they allow players to get away with more than anything is the five-yard rule. The pass interference. Yeah, the pass and from and from my understanding, um, the like the top referees, the top college referees from the Pac-10, the SEC, those referees were not able to come and referee the, the NFL games. So they had to go down to what we call like the, the Arena Football League referees oh. and the lower division referees. So these are not even the top college referees we're dealing with here. So, I, you know, and, and trust me, I, and I think this referee situation is getting a little bit messy. You know, I mean, now you look at a lot of tangle and almost fights on the field. and It's, it's, it's getting messy, and, and something needs to be done about it right away. I, I am in favor of some of these referees being held on as NFL referees. I think they, they need to be in training for NFL referees. But just think, when the NFL referees do sign a contract, they're going to have to go through a physical, they're going to have to go through training. So it's still going to take about two weeks for them to come back. So if they sign the contract this week, it's going to be three weeks from now that we might see them. That's quarter of the season is over. You know, I, I just... What do, you, what do you mean training? or uh, what do you, I'm saying... Why the delay? Okay. Because it's, it's, almost, it's almost just like if a player comes and signs his contract today, right. uh-huh. all right, 
He's probably not going to play next Saturday, next Jones, Sunday. Jones Drew did it. Well, yeah, Jones, you know, Drew. Jones, <laughs> Jones Drew. 277 yards yesterday. One of our biggest complaints about the about the, about the the referees is that these guys are of age. Um, they're not in top, top now, physical now, condition. Now. No, 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 no. These guys, <laughs> they have to take a, they, they take a big-time physical. I know, and that's, that's the, what they have to, to do to, show to the, get back on to, the field. To show that they're in shape. So, yes. And, and, and you, can you these, imagine? You've been sitting around looking at These guys are professionals, though. It's just like Jones yeah. Drew, you know. He missed training camp, but he, he came in in shape. I mean, like, if this is your profession, this is your craft. These that's, guys are not just sitting at home on the couch eating potato chips, man. These guys are working out. They're getting ready. I, I, I don't buy that one. I, I say a week at the most, and those guys would be ready. So you tell me Ed Hockley's at home not getting in shape, not um, not studying and perfecting his craft. You know, they know that everybody's going to be watching them, and the last thing that they want is to be associated with these replacement referees. Listen to me. Some of these referees that are sitting at home on the sofa, <laughs> all right, these guys made bad calls too. Some of these guys, and, and I always wonder, how in the world could this man that looks like he's 64 years old keep up with the fastest receivers in the NFL. Because you know, this man that looked like he's 64 years old, he's running four or five miles a day. He's he's in oh, shape. He, he's training. <laughs> man, man, our biggest they, complaint is that these guys are old. They aren't. They're 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 not at the top of their game compared to the athletes. The athletes are at the top of their game. These referees did not look like they're they were at the top these, of their game. And these the ones guys are they, trained. They the know what to look for. Referees, they know what to look for. The replacement referees look a lot younger. Than the old, than the, than the regular referees, and don't be surprised when some of these replacement referees are held on and they keep their job. What do they say? Age ain't nothing but a number, and uh, if they look younger, if they look in better shape, they, their show, their their show missing a lot of calls. So I'd rather take the older guys who don't look like they're in shape who are getting most of the calls right. And you know, even those guys who are who are the quote unquote real referees, they miss calls too, man. Exactly. Everybody loves to blame the referees when some don't. Go Go right, just blame the referee. But hey, that's enough about referees. We got to get into the college football top ten. You know, well, you better hurry. University of Alabama, <laughs> FAU. Hey, FAU, they took uh, two million dollars in the last two weeks. A million dollars from Georgia, a million dollars for from Alabama. Um, you know, Alabama went out, pounded them, forty to seven victory. Uh, I think the biggest shocker to a lot of people was number two LSU just squeaking by and beating Auburn twelve to ten. And uh, it cost you know, them in the ratings. Yeah, they, they it cost them in the ratings, but at the same time, uh, if they continue to go out and just get victory after victory, in the SEC, if they go undefeated, I promise you they'll be playing for the BCS National Championship game. Uh, there's no doubt they'll be playing for the BCS National Championship game because we want to see a continuation of last year's championship game. you know. But, hey, man, how about Oregon, the number three team, who's now the number two team, just put a shellacking on Arizona 49 to zip. You know, and then hey, probably the best game of the weekend was a Florida State Clemson game, and that was a really barn burner. Wow, stayed on till late. It's a good game. Um, uh, EJ Manuel looked like he might even be in the Heisman race now. I think uh, I, t- I tell you what, you know, I can vividly hear you uh, not being sold on uh, Jimbo Fisher and uh, me uh, with my. Garnet and go pom-pom saying uh, what a good job he's done. You know, Florida State looks like a very 
offensively, they have a lot of firepower. And uh, E.J. Manuel, he's playing at a very high level. They got some talented receivers, some running backs that run downhill, does a great job. Come, They came out and scored 35 points in the second half. Only only complaint I have is the 37 points they gave up. You know, And I'm just thinking about when you play a tough Alabama team, uh, you're not going to be able to um, they give up 37 points. But the way uh, Alabama run the ball and play the, play the game, they want to run downhill and um, – they want to run downhill and beat you up defensively. So uh, I tell you this, man, FSU better watch this so in a in a few weeks when they come down to Miami. I like FSU by twenty one points. When next week? When they come to Miami, yeah. Man, you got to be kidding, man. You got to be kidding. You we're back, baby. We just beat Virginia. We just beat Georgia Tech last week. We are back, man. And the hey, well, we didn't get to talk about the Michigan game. Sorry. Hey, guys, that's what another, that, that's another great show. Uh, we will see what you guys next about? week. And I'd like to say what's up to the Hastings Youth Academy Wildcats. Keep up the good work, guys. Peace out. Thanks again for listening. Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword will be back again next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel for more Sports Info UM. We'll see you then.